Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is October 27th, 2020, which means I'm on day 318 in a row of 365 promised episodes that brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. Well, folks, the Monday Night Football game was a hell of a game if you're an L.A. Rams fan. I personally don't know a single L.A. Rams fan. However, I'm sure there's a ton of them because there's always a lot of L.A. fans of every team they have, even if they're new or returning or whatever. And in the case of the Chargers, I I actually, there might not be a single fan out there of the L.A. Chargers. But there are some Rams fans, and they're probably satisfied with yesterday's game. And the Chicago Bears fans might be wondering at this point, will this be a year that allows them an opportunity to even make the postseason? Sitting at 5-2 and two behind the Green Bay Packers in their division, they are not counted out yet as a team that could make the playoffs. But the problem with that is... Are there teams in their conference that they can beat, or is everybody capable of beating the Bears? After seeing the way they played last night, I have zero confidence in the Chicago Bears going to the playoffs this year, but who knows? With Nick Foles at the helm, they could do anything. A lot of people miss Nick Foles. You know, my own brother, he's a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles, and he misses... Nick Foles, he wishes they still had him. I personally haven't watched this guy's career as much, but I know he's a a solid quarterback in the NFL. He's solid. What he needs is a good team around him, and that will set the pace for their opportunity to make it to the second part of the year, known as the playoffs, which will give Chicago an opportunity to, to make their way towards the Super Bowl. I don't believe it'll happen this year. I'm sorry, Bears fans, especially with Green Bay in front of you. Aaron Rodgers, he's impossibly good. So, it's over. My money's still on the Seattle Seahawks. They took a bad loss to Arizona this week. But, in other sports-related news, we've got the LA Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays at 5.08 p.m where we will most likely witness a Dodgers win and another championship for the city of L.A. in the same month as the championship for the Lakers. And you will also witness me cry like a baby because that means my least favorite city to win any sports-related anything will have two championships within a couple weeks of each other. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm so pissed. If this does happen today, and the Tampa Bay Rays lose it, then I have lost all faith in mankind, period. Because now we wear masks everywhere. Now there's a pandemic that doesn't allow us to do anything fun. And here we have L.A. teams winning championships left and right. I'm done. It's over for me. I don't want to watch anymore. I don't want to see anything else. I don't want anything else to happen in the year 2020, because it's all bullshit.
Well, folks, supposedly fast food may be getting even faster as the new design for Burger King looks like some kind of crazy, weird, like, spaceship. I don't even know how to describe this thing. But they've just come out with the design in a short video, a virtual video showing that there's now like four lanes that they're going to have in the drive-thru. One will be for app pickup. Another will be food sent out on a conveyor belt to delivery drivers. Whoever orders Burger King for delivery, I just can't even imagine like why you would do that. That's embarrassing. On the other side, there will be a walk-up window to avoid having you deal with like any human interaction whatsoever. And they say these new designs will be pandemic-proof. So that if another pandemic breaks out, then of course, people will still be able to get their precious Whoppers. I just seriously don't even understand why any of this should matter. It means nothing to me. I have not eaten at Burger King in years. There is one in my neighborhood that actually they put in while I've lived here. Uh, apparently there used to be one many, many years ago. Then it went away because it was so trashy. Then they built a brand new building, and we all wondered what it was. And of course, it was Burger King. Boo-hoo. And I went there. I was like, you know, I'm going to give it one chance. I'm going to go to this new Burger King. Maybe because it's new, things will be fine. So I pull up to the drive-thru. There's a big picture of, like, this two-chicken sandwich, some kind of combination thing. So I'm like, all right, I'll go ahead and get the promotion you have on the wall here of the two chicken sandwich for this price. And there they go, oh, uh, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, the, the big giant poster you have in your drive-thru that says now available this deal. Can I get that deal? And they're like, well, we've never heard of that. And I'm like, huh, I don't know if you're just messing with me. I, I, I have no idea what's happening, but you could come outside right now and see the deal on the wall. It's right here. And they're like, oh, uh, will you please pull up to the window? So I pull up to the main window. None of them have any clue what I'm talking about. So I walk the manager outside to look at the promotion that they have posted on their drive through wall and tell him that's what I want. And the guy goes, oh, we didn't even realize that was available. I'm like, so that's a red flag. You have this new Burger King with a huge promotion on the side of it that you don't know exists. Am I the first customer in this entire drive-thru? I don't think so. It's been open for a few weeks. All right, so can I get that? And he's like, well, I guess you can. I don't really know how to ring it in, but... And I'm like, well, there should be a freaking button for it. You're advertising it. I don't even know what's happening right now. I'm just trying to get something from this crusty, nasty-ass place. So sure enough, the most morbidly obese human being I've ever seen working at a fast food place, like this chick could not, I don't even know how she fit in the drive-thru window. I'm, I'm not trying to be mean, but I am going to be mean. She was disgustingly fat. She's the one who hands me my food, wipes sweat from her head, and then grabs my bag and hands it to me. So that's disgusting. I don't want the bag to even be in my car now. It's got the girl's forehead sweat on it. Then she grabs a 
straw with her, I don't even remember, it was like she put the straw or held some napkins in her mouth. That's what it was. She was getting a straw, a soda, and napkins for me. Puts the napkins in her mouth for a quick second so she can grab them with her hands and then tries to hand me that and I just refused him. I was like, I'm not taking those napkins. They were touching your mouth. And she's like, oh, I didn't even realize I did it. All this happened in one time that I went to Burger King, in one visit. All this crazy shit happened. I get my sweat bag and it's the worst food I've ever been served. It's so terrible. I took a bite of one of the sandwiches, threw the rest away, and declared that that place is somewhere I will never go again. So with a new virtual fast food, mega drive through pandemic-proof, crazy virtual freaking thing that they're coming out with, I'm not impressed because your food still sucks and you still have disgusting workers. So I don't want none of that. Apparently Popeyes is following suit with the same version of these brand new crazy four-lane app, you know, conveyor belt fast food things. And Taco Bell is doing the same. So if you eat at any of those disgusting places, expect to see a new variation of them coming to a place near you. It has finally happened. The Mandalorian Season 2 will be premiering this week on Friday at midnight. Yes. So apparently, if you are a late night person and you're like oh man i wish i had something to watch at midnight on friday well there you go mandalorian season two episode one which is 52 minutes long we know a lot about this because we've been waiting for it because there's no other original content on disney plus that isn't garbage that's made for little kids the mandalorian is the only adult show that any of us give a crap about and apparently the season's going to kick off right where it left off with the Mandalorian watching the back of baby Yoda, who's no longer a baby, now apparently getting into his teenage years. So all kinds of crazy, random, adolescent-related stuff could happen. And apparently there's going to be some new characters introduced this season and some recognizable old characters introduced this season. So do not miss this historic Disney Plus event because it is the only reason whatsoever to even have the Disney Plus app unless you have children like me who love watching Mickey and the Roadster Racers and Mickey's Clubhouse and all the other Mickey crap that they have on there or Zombies 1 or Zombies 2, the sing-along horrible shows that I just can't stand but my daughter loves them. I mean, it's just the worst of all the apps unless you have children. Netflix has their own content, tons of it. Hulu, at least they show regular TV shows as well, like Family Guy. I mean, they're all better than Disney Plus, in my opinion. But if you got kids, you may as well have it, because, I mean, let's face facts. When we were kids, we watched every new Disney movie that came out. I mean, I don't care what kind of kid you were, you still wanted to see the new Disney movies, and Pixar, and all that crap. I mean, I was more excited about Toy Story when I was a kid than anything else. And I'm still, 
I will watch any of the Toy Stories anytime my kid wants to because there's a bit of adult humor and there's some recognizable characters in there and, you know, it's all good. But for me, the thing I've been waiting for is finally here this week, Mandalorian Season 2, starting at midnight on Friday. People like video games that turn into TV shows and movies. You know, it just seems like if a video game is popular enough, then it deserves to have its own TV series or movie, and Netflix agrees. They now have claimed that they are creating a live-action adaptation of Assassin's Creed. Yes, it's already in the works, and we don't know which variation of Assassin's Creed this will follow specifically, but either way, it's one of the most well-known and played video game franchises of all time. Even I played a couple Assassin's Creed before until I realized they were super repetitive and they were the exact same thing every time. But that doesn't mean they weren't entertaining. They totally were. And the fact that they have taken on such things as the Crusades and the time of the Vikings and just everything you can think of involving early century Europe and all the way across, I mean, to the Middle East, Israel. I mean, this this game has spread out throughout history, time, and and location, which gives them the opportunity to do a lot of stuff with the show. And apparently Netflix is not stopping at Assassin's Creed. They also claim they're going to be creating a brand new Resident Evil series. Yes, which is, I say, overdue because the Resident Evil movies were weird. They didn't really go along with the story of the games themselves. I played all the Resident Evil games. I don't remember any of them being like the movies were with Mila Djokovic. Mila Jokic? Mila Djokovic? Whatever her name is, she's hot. But either way, Resident Evil movies figured out a way to make her not because she was always bloody and weird looking and it doesn't really matter. But Netflix says they're coming out with Resident Evil and Assassin's Creed TV series live action style like they did with The Witcher which is already so popular that they're now coming out with a prequel series to The Witcher. I don't know if it's going to have Henry Cavill in it. doesn't really matter to me. I'll still watch it. So far, it looks like video games turned TV series, especially when they're linked to Netflix, are a success and expect to see many, many more of them. Well, back where I was born in King County, Washington, 11 homes were uncovered to be actual grow sites for a massive illegal shipping marijuana company that was run by a whole bunch of Asian guys, and they grew so much weed so fast and sold so much of it, they made millions of dollars and purchased 11 homes in the King County area to grow weed in and manufacture weed-related products and ship them everywhere from New York to Massachusetts to Illinois and Missouri. I mean, these guys had a massive operation to the extent in which they are now facing 
a mandatory at a minimum of 10 years each if convicted with the crimes that they are allegedly or they have allegedly committed. Now, this was one of those like grow to ship operations. In Seattle, you can sell a pound of dank weed for about a thousand bucks. But in New York, you can sell a pound of dank weed for 3,000 easy. In fact, some cases even four grand. So these guys were tripling their money by shipping it. And they used the USPS to do it. So I don't know why they thought they would never get busted. It makes no sense to me. Like, I'm afraid to send the knives I sell from eBay into the USPS because I don't even know if that's acceptable, sending a knife. I mean, I think it is. So far, no problems. But these guys are shipping huge amounts of weed directly in the mail. I don't even know how you would avoid the smell. Clearly, someone is going to pick up that package who works for the USPS and be like, hey, guys, this huge brick that smells like weed is probably a huge brick of weed. Should we say something about this? I mean, it took a while, apparently, because they actually made millions of dollars. Like, more than one million. Multiple millions in transactions were proven from these guys to other people in other states. Congratulations to you two, or to you 11 entrepreneurs. Uh, I can't even believe it. And I, I made a mistake. It was I was wrong. It was not 11 houses, 11 guys in more houses than that. I mean, they ran a huge operation. But these 11 fellows are definitely screwed now. And I would tell you their names, but I absolutely cannot pronounce a single one of them. They are very, very hard to pronounce. And it doesn't really matter anyways. Because these guys are going to federal prison. Now, I've been to regular county jail. It's not that bad. It's It sucks. You know, don't get me wrong. It's terrible. I don't want to go there. But I cannot even imagine federal prison. I am so glad I never went there when I got caught selling weed. And I'm so glad I didn't have a massive operation like that because you can guarantee every dime they've ever made is kept in some sort of a ledger. And when the cops get a hold of that, they're going to force them to pay back each and every penny of that money. Which means that's a pretty big loss for these dudes. Which is another reason why you should not grow weed in multiple houses in King County, Washington and ship it to the East Coast. Well, folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast we all know and love, and that is Real Stories, brought to you by me, Peter Timothy Angston, Barbecues, and that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. And speaking of those guys getting busted for weed in King County, Washington, I may as well tell you another story linked to the time that I got in trouble for marijuana in the state of Oregon. Now, we all know the story about when I got caught we all know the story about a week later about when my house was raided by a SWAT team. And we all know the story about what happened to me when I was in jail and I saw an old buddy of mine and we, you know, we did what's called shoot the shit where we just kind of talked and chatted it up for a few days. And, and we probably all know the story of the giant gangbanger named Cartoon who almost killed a guy on my behalf for no reason whatsoever in Washington County Jail. And I thought that meant he wanted me to be his bitch, but it didn't. He just had my back because I was his ex-neighbor. But there's another story. A story of when I thought I was getting my felony expunged after three years. And when I first got charged for this felony, 
I was told by the courts that any conviction of a felony first-time offense could be removed from your record in what's called expungement after a three-year period of good behavior. Now, for me, I absolutely had a three-year period of good behavior in the fact that I quit smoking weed, I passed every UA they gave me, I did the drug rehab that they made me go to for marijuana. Yeah, that's correct. They made me go to drug rehab for marijuana. I'm saying it again because it's so ludicrous. And I was off probation, even though I was supposed to be given five years probation, but I did so good that they took me off early, which meant I was in the runnings 100% to get that felony expunged. So I did what I had to do. I filled out this massive amount of paperwork. I went and got a letter that was notarized by a public notary and I went to the federal courthouse and got my fingerprints taken so they could be in the FBI system because that's another thing you have to do and I I did all these things jumped through hoops got a lawyer got all this stuff put together set my court date walked straight in and they didn't even let me speak before they just listed off the reason why I couldn't have my felony expunged. They went off real quick. They're like, in the case of Peter Hanks versus Washington County felony expungement, we have denied your claim because of something in Jefferson County, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I didn't even know what this was. So I asked them if I could speak. I was like, excuse me, judge, may I speak on my own behalf? And they said no. And then they escorted me out of the courtroom and my head was ready to explode. I have never been both as disappointed and as pissed off with the system as I was that day. I had no idea why they denied my expungement, but that meant my felony would remain on my record for a total of at least 10 years. 10 years from the age of 18 to 28, I was to be a convicted felon for marijuana in Oregon. This is unreal, but it is real because it's my life. I couldn't believe it. I started thinking of ways that I could go on a rampage and shoot up the court and burn it down and bomb people. I mean, I'm not even kidding. I was thinking of some sick and twisted crap because I was so fed up with the system. I was ready to just kill somebody. But I made a call to my mother. I was like, you know what? There's one person I need to call who will possibly take this steam pot of a mind and, you know, tone it down before it explodes. And I remember calling her, wanting her to say, that's total BS. The courts are so messed up. I hate them too. You don't deserve this and all that. But instead, her words were this. Don't worry, Jesus has already expunged your spiritual record with him in heaven. Yes, don't worry about anything. You know, it's no big deal that I'm a felon for 10 years from age 18 to 28 when you're supposed to be building a career and finding a place to live and going to school in college and all these things that I can't do because I'm a convicted felon now. Don't worry about any of that because Jesus has expunged my spiritual record with him. I I didn't want to hear that at all. To this day, I don't want to hear that. So I was not, that didn't help me 
that actually, I think that made me more pissed off, to be honest. You know, and, and traditionally speaking, the saint of a woman that is my mom is always there to help. She does what she can, and she has helped me in a million different ways, a million different times, almost every single time I've ever called her. But this was one circumstance where I needed something else, and I didn't get it, and it's not her fault, it's still mine. I was in that position because of me. So what I did was, I found out why they denied my expungement. I had to know what this whole Jefferson County thing that she said was, because I was like, you know what, I have no prior record. I have nothing on my record except this felony from weed. So I don't know why they're telling me there's something out of Jefferson County that is stopping me from getting my felony expunged. So I researched it and I'm like, where is Jefferson County? I don't even know where that is. I don't even think I've been there one time in my life. I look it up and there's a place in Jefferson County called Madras, Oregon, also known as Lake Billy Chinook. Now, long ago at Lake Billy Chinook, when I had just turned 18 before I even thought about getting in trouble for weed, before I was even close to that point, I was given a minor in possession for alcohol at a massive thousand-person party in the middle of the woods, which brought groups from every part of Oregon to this annual mega event that they call Lake Billy Chinook. And I went there, I got an MIP, they sent it to me in the mail, I paid it directly through the mail, they sent me some of the money back, and I forgot about it. And because of that simple MIP, the felony I received at age 18, but actually charged for in court at 19, remained on my record for a decade because of a freaking MIP I got for drinking. Yeah, so apparently, even an MIP can force a felony to remain on your record for 10 years in the state of Oregon, and that is why they did not expunge me, and it all made sense then, and I finally realized it was once again my own dumbass fault. Thank you very much for listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today, folks. It means the world to me to have listeners like you. I appreciate each and every one of you, and I hope to see you, well, talk to you, I should say, tomorrow. I love a lot of lesser-known underground hip-hop groups, and one of them is Blue Scholars. If you've never heard anything by them, then I'm going to play for you one of the best songs I've ever come out with that I personally enjoy, and it has something to do with, what do you know, what we just talked about, weed. Blue Scholars, Tommy Chong, here it is. <coughs> ah. Hey, whether you ballin' or broke, wanna find the most hot? Just follow the smoke. Everybody wanna fly, but nobody wanna know how that whole thing started. Whenever you were born, yeah, go back farther. Deep in the jungles of the Ganges River, 2000 BC, see Hindus and Sikhs, shitloads of weed. Very first plant cultivated for the fabric. And anytime they burned it, the people started dancing. Medicine man put the people in a trance, then they transported west. Brought by brown farmers, shared with the Rastas, and said it's called ganja. Greeks and the Turks traded 
gold for dope And soon Shakespeare smoked the shit and wrote dramas Soldiers Napoleon led rod Civilians of stashes of hash Took it back to France with him Christopher Columbus, first drug smuggler Slaves made to throw his shit But smoked some of it to laugh at the master Plotting his disaster And everywhere the immigrant went He had a drag bag Mistaken, my bad, I'm just a messenger Spitting Wikipedia raps I got a Sean Kemp in my pocket Cutting in half It's two Gary Paytons Don't ask, do the math I know cats who got killed for the sack Who'd probably be alive If the market for that Bama wasn't bad You put it in the hands of the many Who mark territories and blood Kinda scary, huh? Ain't even talking about the ones with the badge The ones still waging that war inside their head The same ones who probably could use a couple hits And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of fuckers did Make you wanna roll up a J and say shit I ain't gonna be the one to get caught for doing this Cool, you gotta know the rules, how to live You wanna find a loopholes, do what I said As long as you ain't got 40 grams in your hand Can't get you with the felony delivery intent But anything less than that's a misdemeanor And legally a reason for police to take seizure Even with initiatives passed Decriminalizing the green grass They don't wanna see that Might as well get you a forever green pass Hit that dispensary Fast, believe that this law's so flawed. The foundation's done. The more things outlawed, the more outlaws run. George Washington himself probably puffed the chronic. Now his face getting changed, but it's shit ironic. Marley stage, that ganja ganja, that one love, bruh. It's medicine that makes you stronger. It equated to me chilling, isolated in my apartment, blazing an eighth a day and playing Grand Theft Auto. Like, damn, I'm way more creative. creative. 20 minutes later, staring at the paper. The paper. Yeah, at 420, it was all about the love. Now it's 431, and I'm paranoid as a fuck. Like, who are these hippies? Uh, where are my real friends? Are you playing hacky sack on the field, Ben? You need Bizine, your eyes are real red. Khalifa's gonna fuck your girlfriend I'm not against legalization, I'm not at all I'm against glorification, you are not Snoop Dogg Moderation, that's the key If the door is unlocked, it's up to you How you use it, make the call Come on Shut the fuck up and pass that shit. Okay.